0: what's going on everybody it is your boy crypto bobby i hope you're having a great day great night wherever you're watching or listening in from and uh yeah it's uh it's been a while i think actually since november or something and and no i i didn't fall off the face of the earth um although maybe some of you would have would have liked that um and no uh unfortunately or fortunately for me i didn't get uh didn't get totally wrecked i am still alive still kicking uh, and actually, kind of more into the crypto world than ever, um, have just been putting a lot of my energy into Proof of Talent, which is the recruiting firm I started uh, last summer. And it's actually been going really well and and kind of part of the reason, too, that we're watching this right now. And we have a new special guest on the channel who may or may not be the new Crypto Bobby co-host, Colton Kirkpatrick. What's up, man?
1: What's going on, Rob? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, for anybody who follows me on Twitter, I've uh, you know we've we've tweeted a bunch, and I've I've talked about Colton joining the team at Proof of Talent. So uh, definitely want to talk a little bit about that, and just from here on out, going to get back to more regular updates. Um, there's certainly a period where you know, just being transparent, I was putting all my effort into Proof of Talent and trying to get it off the ground uh, and make my first full time hire. And uh, to that point, Colton is. The first full-time person that uh that works alongside me at proof of talent so it's been uh it's been a blast bringing him on board it was definitely uh, a great process we'll dive into a little bit about that today also going to talk about his background in the crypto world because he has a hilarious story about how he got into just the the world of of crypto and uh just a cool background in general um and then we're going to dive into just like what's happening overall in like the the bitcoin and crypto markets right now with everything that's happening, just like in the macro environment, as well as kind of with the coronavirus situation as it pertains to career opportunities, because I think that's something that, I mean, there's, there's a ton of layoffs happening. There's a lot of really kind of negative things happening from an employment standpoint. Uh, and the crypto industry is actually pretty well positioned with a lot of this stuff. So uh, both Colton and I remain pretty optimistic about that You know, as people running a recruiting firm. We certainly hope so. But uh we're gonna we're gonna continue on with that. But uh yeah, you know, I want to to talk a little bit um about just like Colton's background here and how he got into the crypto world because his uh his background itself, like I said, it's it's pretty unique and there's a lot of people that have Stories every on every podcast is like, how'd you find crypto? And most of the stories are boring and dry and stupid. Uh, but his is much cooler than the average person. I think you're gonna enjoy it. So how did you get into crypto, Colton?
1: Yeah, Rob, well I wish I could I wish I could say I put a million dollars into Ethereum at fifty cents, <laughs> like like Papa Joe Lubin, but uh that wasn't me. Um, you know, prior to recruiting, um, I was actually working in corrections. I was working uh, in a jail here in the Bay Area uh, as a correctional officer. And uh, that was where I had my first run in with crypto, with, uh, with Bitcoin and Monero specifically. And I'll get into that here in a second. But it was, a, it was around uh, summer of, of 2017 or so. I think Bitcoin had just passed uh, that $3,000 mark before doing a little bit of a dip there before the major bull run. Uh, at the end of 2017 there but um, you know I was working a housing unit one day and I had an inmate come up to me uh, and this guy mind you he he was in for I mean you name it every financial crime I think that you could uh, you could commit uh, I think credit card fraud um, money laundering to the nth degree uh, all sorts of things and so he he comes up to me and he hands me this this folder and he's like, hey, um, hey, Kirkpatrick, have you ever, have you ever heard of crypto? Have you ever heard of Bitcoin? Like, you know, you know anything about that? And I was looking at this guy like he had three heads. Never heard of it, you know. Never, I'm not, you know, the a technical guy. wasn't uh, into you know the financial scene really. I was just uh, living my life as a correctional officer. And uh, sure enough, I opened the folder, and he's got Coin Market Cap. Kind of the, the <laughs> printed off. He's got like a hundred of all the altcoins sitting there. You know, a couple of them are highlighted. Monero, Zcash, um, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin, of course. He had a, um, a printed out version of Satoshi's white paper. Um, I think, and all this stuff, like we don't have this in our um And this, our is, this, is a
0: dude, this is a dude in jail.
1: Yeah, this is a guy in jail. And he got that because he told me later on his wife, printed all that stuff out and would send it into him via mail. We don't have that (laughs) stuff in the jail library, just sitting around these guys don't have access to the computers. No coin
0: market cap in the jail library. No no coin market cap. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, uh, sure enough. I mean, it was, you know, it caught my interest. Just, you know, just this guy coming up to me, telling me about it. But I mean, I did a little digging on my own in my, uh, you know, my personal life after that. And I kind of got hooked. Um, and you know, to, the end of twenty seventeen there. I remember watching this guy. He was in through the bull run. So he was in jail during the bull run. And I remember he was he was paying off other inmates with, you know, commissary, toiletries, um, cat like anything he'd get his hands on so he could come out during rec time, be on the phone, and you know, tell his wife what to buy himself. Cause she was managing <laughs> all of his his crypto. Uh, he was managing everything, uh, uh, you know, outside of jail. So Day trading
0: shit coins from jail. He,
1: exactly. So he was calling his wife, day trading from the phones. You know, he, I mean, he was crushing minutes and minutes ain't cheap in the jail. Um, but uh, he, yeah, he, he was full on. Um, how many, how many XRP trading.
0: for a minute in jail? That's- <laughs>
1: yeah, it was pretty wild. So, I mean, once I explored personally a bit on my own, uh, I was hooked and uh, down the rabbit hole I went.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny too because, uh, you know, that that type of story of just like finding out about in that environment too, and then you, I mean, even prior to that, just like it's funny because I I kind of like like unique backgrounds and things like that. Like I I got into recruiting quite frankly because when I was in college I did marine OCS and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Once I decided not to do that after school, um, and like the first job I ever interviewed for was recruiting, and you know, you did kind of like the. You are Terry Tate office middle linebacker in college. <laughs> so if we ever need a crypto football team, uh if Colton's back doesn't break beforehand, uh he could be your middle linebacker. So that's uh that's ideal um, <laughs> But uh it's I I mean it's just such a so funny that somebody would be in that situation with their wife on the phone Uh, i know i wonder i wonder i
1: wonder if he's still in there and how heavy his bags are you gotta wonder
0: he might be watching right now we don't know we have no idea Yeah, you never know (laughs) um but so so you come to proof of talent actually and this was something i was i was excited about um from a company called bets recruiting which i used to work in software sales a a lot of folks that you know listen to the podcast know that. Um and I was actually familiar with this firm that Colton was at called Betts Recruiting. I would get hit by them all the time and I knew they were, you know, really quality shop. Um, but so you ended up transitioning, quite a transition from a corrections officer to uh, a recruiter. How, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good question, right? Um I when I when I made the transition out of corrections, um I actually wanted to get into software sales, um, similar to your background, get into software sales, do enterprise selling for startups out here in the Bay Area. I was using Bet's recruiting um, to land a sales job. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks working with the recruiter, she was like, hey, you know, why don't you just work here at Bet's? Like, we're hiring. Have you ever considered recruiting? Uh, and I had never really considered it, um, thought about it a little bit more. And after thinking about it, it just kind of intrigued me a bit more than. Then, there's selling SaaS products, selling, you know, software. I was like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I can uh, help, help these folks um, during a transitional period, help them find the job, a career, make a career move, really work with people rather than products. So I think that's what led me to go down the recruiting um, hole there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as you were, as you're doing that too, so that was software sales, but kind of Mm -hmm. that whole time you're still, and to your credit and I think, you know, a lot of people that are still watching right now, like, a ton of people got into the industry in 2017. Like that's kind of when I publicly or started the podcast, but like that was a big time where, you know, a lot of individuals got into the industry, got a lot of interest. And then there were a lot of people that kind of left out and, uh, you know, walked away just because either financially it wasn't as appealing anymore. You don't have the adrenaline rush of things mm-hmm. pumping 10, 20, a hundred percent in the day. Like, you <laughs> like you used to, it's not the good old days anymore. Maybe it is, who knows? But, uh, you, know, you kind of stuck it out and throughout the entire time have just kind of like, you know, listened to different, whether it's like Tales from the Crypt and and all these different kind of Bitcoin podcasts out there, kind of kept your interest in it all while you're doing this software sales, you know, recruiting as well.
1: Exactly. I kind of used the opportunity um, to all these podcasts, all this content out there. I mean, just, I just gobbled it up and, and listened to it as much as I could, uh, really, you know, and, and in my personal life. Uh, consumed as much content as possible and learned as much as I could. And, uh, you know, finally decided when you reached out, we can get into that here, how we got connected. But uh, I was like, you know what, it's time to dive in head first, make the transition. Uh, and I, you know, we can, we can jump into that story as well. Yeah. But uh, it, it was kind of the perfect opportunity, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I do think kind of how we connected was, was just lucky and a little bit fortuitous. But I, I think initially it started too, where i was on uh pomps podcast off the chain uh a while ago and shout out to pomp who is quite quite frankly one of the most helpful people when it does come down to like me starting my business he's been a huge huge help and a huge supporter um so i'm I'm a huge fan of pomp no matter what um and uh, I was on his podcast and I think we connected on LinkedIn. I think you like listened to the podcast and said like, mm-hmm. Hey, I didn't know there was a recruiter in the space. And we just connected and I didn't think anything of it. And then I was on Clay Collins. We did a webinar like back in December, uh, like super early December about like the state of recruiting in the crypto world. And you were on the webinar and you were asking a bunch of questions. And I was like, Hey, this kid's either is like really interested or he's trying to get some info. Uh, <laughs> and it was funny because one of the candidates that I work with um, actually messaged me or emailed me afterwards. He's like, yo, I don't know who this guy is, but he was all over that webinar and he was asking questions. And I, (laughs) I think he's a competitor trying to steal information. I was like, I don't think so. But, uh, so I shot you a message on LinkedIn afterwards. I was like, Hey man, I don't know what your, what your deal is right now, but, um, I'm trying to hire somebody to join me at Proof of Talent. And, uh, we just kind of took it from there and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a great, you know, little three month, uh, three month recruitment process, but it was, it was an awesome time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I seem to remember some LinkedIn uh, stalking going on of each other's LinkedIn pages for about a week <laughs> or so after uh, that webinar. I remember I was talking to my, to my wife about it uh, right after that webinar. I was like, man, that seems like a great opportunity. I was kind of probing him about his hiring needs and goals for the year. Um, and then I, I saw you viewed, my, you, know, you viewed my LinkedIn page. I was like, it's a classic recruiting tactic where you view someone's page and then you wait. You don't reach out directly. Then you see if they reach out to you. After they notice that you view their page, so uh sure enough, you sent me that message, and I was like hey this is this is kind of the perfect opportunity
0: yeah, and it's uh i mean just for for context too, for like folks that are listening as well so I mean, I started proof of talent uh like last June or so was I think I left my full time job at Airswap at the end of june um and I was mostly i had some some help from a few people here or there, but pretty much doing it all on my own for that time um and had grown the company and the business to a point where I really needed to to bring somebody on to uh to work with me from the recruiting end. And kind of my, my my goal the entire time was to to number one, find somebody with uh, you know, some some existing recruiting experience that had worked for a reputable company before and that also was just passionate about the blockchain and crypto world because I think you know it, you can find people, generally speaking, that that have some recruiting experience, but um, finding somebody that really genuinely cares about the the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency is, and finding the two of those combined, and then also somebody that you know you get along with and like want to build something together, uh, I thought would be like pretty hard to find. And I talked to a bunch of different people, um, but just like Colton really stuck out to me as like the the kind of perfect match of everything moving forward so i was i was super excited uh to bring him on and he actually i think it started march 2nd so it's been three and a half weeks at this point in time uh of us working together which has been uh you know super solid and i mean for for us now i think really just the the goal is to continue to uh to grow and scale the business so we've been working with i don't know how many probably 65 plus conversations you've had with job candidates Mm -hmm. in the past three weeks so we've been we've been moving and grooving and trying to, you know, make things happen in the industry. So it's been uh, it's been great so far and just continuing to make sure that we're building a company that kind of the goal is to be the go-to place when you want a job in the crypto world or if you're a company that's hiring, you know, you think of, of proof of talent, you think of, of Robin Colton uh, and hopefully, you know, an expanded team into the future as we continue to have success and continue to grow.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think... We're we're on the right track. Um, just putting our head down and grinding uh, during these these crazy times with the coronavirus and everything. And um, working from home has been you know I'm working fully remote, but working from home uh, and balancing life and work uh, has been quite interesting.
0: Yeah, it's um it's funny too because I mean we can we can touch on that a little bit, but there was there was even a. Uh... So there was a New York times uh, post that uh, was an article that they wrote and apologies for the background noise. I guess that kind of ties into it, but I have a new puppy. I'll throw his picture up somewhere in here. Uh, and I think his bark is being picked up on the, on the microphone at this point in time. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but I got a new puppy. He's fantastic. I love him. He's my man, Charlie. But um, there was a post from New York times that was saying like, you know, i um, Sorry, but we you you know even if you love your kids or your pet, you shouldn't have them on Zoom. Like here's here's proper Zoom etiquette, and I'm you know I'm sure for a lot of people out there, some Yikes. people have worked remote, some people haven't. Um, I've been working remote the entire time since I started Proof Talent, so this is literally my second bedroom, which is my office in my apartment. Um, but at the same point in time now, I have a new puppy, and you know it's nice to get outside, even though. I really don't go outside too much anymore until unless I'm, I'm walking, unless I'm walking him. But like, there are so many people in New York city and in Colton's in San Francisco. I mean, you have tiny apartments, um, super expensive apartments, but tiny apartments. literally, uh, My office is in my (laughs) bedroom. So, (laughs) so, but like, I mean, in that case, Colton has a less than a year old son who previously would be at daycare and now can't go to daycare because the city is on lockdown. So
1: yeah, my wife and I are taking shifts, um, between calls, between meetings. Um, we, we just got a, finally got a play pen that we can kind of sink in the middle <laughs> of the living room and just let him crawl around. Uh, Cause he, he started crawling yesterday. So he's now full on mobile, uh, which just adds a whole nother level of, of, uh, complexity to all this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's trying times for a lot of people. Like it's yeah. number one, there is, I mean, there's, you're starting to see obviously like in the retail space, in the tourism space, um, kind of anything that's like super heavy face to face contact. Um, you're starting to see like, you know, heavy layoffs across the board, but even in like unrelated or what would seemingly be unrelated industries, uh, there's a lot of people affected by it. So number one, like, I mean, that's, that's like way worse to me than like having to have some inconveniences of working from home. It's like, at least you're employed. Um, But you know, for there's a lot of people that are like dealing with all that. There, it's just a lot of complexities. Like you, like you said, you're like switching, switching sides, or switching rooms with your significant other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that type of stuff. Like I was talking to somebody before that uh, moved into a smaller place with his his partner, um, and they used to work from home. And they're like, you know what? We're gonna get a smaller place. We're gonna save money. We're gonna both work out of a WeWork. They can't do that anymore, so they're both stuck in a small place now. It's uh it's crazy. It's crazy times. But I mean, as as I like think about all this stuff too, and, and looking at the world of of like Bitcoin in particular, um and, and crypto, it's it's kind of been it's been wild stuff so far. I mean, as far as like the market structure in the last you know week to two weeks, um Bitcoin's like correlation with the S P five hundred has been uh, pretty interesting to watch and just all of the stuff that the Fed is doing and all of the quantitative easing that's happened across the board. Um, it's, it's, it's scary. It's interesting to watch. Uh, and I have all no idea how any of this is going to pan out.
1: Yeah. All the above it's, um, it's, it's pretty wild times out there. I mean, crypto Twitter does, uh, does a lot, um, when it comes to just, you know, putting clips together and just making sure that people are up to speed on what the government's doing as far as all the stimulus goes um what the federal reserve is doing um with with our our money supply things like that i mean um it's funny crypto twitter is is just always on top of that
0: yeah yeah it's it's uh it it's crazy just to see the differences of opinions too and you have i it's It's just so contentious right now, and and I think it's only going to continue to get more contentious. I mean, we have, at least for New York and San Francisco, and really the majority of the U.S., I don't know where everybody... I mean, I think as far as our audience goes, probably 50% of the people that listen or watch are in the U.S., and then the other 50% Mm -hmm. are mostly in English-speaking countries, kind of around the world. But mostly lockdown-type situations, I would assume, or some type of quarantine, maybe less so if you're in rural areas, but still probably some type of just overall restrictions... Uh, but I think as long, you know, the longer people are kind of in this like isolated state, the and and the, the greater pressure we see from um, just like the it, the economic downturn in some cases, mm-hmm. the, the worse, like the, I was joking online, but like the spicier the takes get, but also um, just like I think the crazier it's going to be. And I think a lot of people were very much and are very much still right now for like, all right, we need to lock down. We need to contain it. But, like, they just released the unemployment numbers in California, and I think it's, like, something crazy, like a few million unemployment or unemployed, mm-hmm. whereas the last week it was, like, a few hundred thousand. Like, it went up multiple X, you know, not, like, percentage, like, multiple X's um, yeah. from that, which is wild.
1: We're getting close to Great Depression numbers um, already, and it's only been... Um, you know a couple of months really of the market downturn, a couple weeks even of the actual market downturn um, yeah I mean there's a, a case to, a case for hard money I mean they, people talk about it all the time and like what's how this fiat system where it's going to go from here um, and are there other alternatives you know I think people are exploring that are you know our government has been um, been exploring digital digital dig, dig, digitizing the dollar um, and things like that central banks are digitizing uh, as well so you know there's a difference between that and and hard money I guess but it's still like things are moving in that direction and um, it's it's just been interesting to see um, that it, it the market downturn has kind of sped up that process in a way yeah of hey what alternatives are there what can we look for that um, you know it has a harder money supply and I think that's where the crypto industry
0: uh bitcoin comes into play yeah it's it, it's kind of fascinating to watch too because um you know, logically speaking bitcoin in a time like this should be doing very well you know uh, and and granted it's still very early but in a time like this you would think with the policies that are coming out right now and like basically you know pretty you know pretty pretty broad money printing inflation. There's the money printer grow burr meme, which I think <laughs> My you like, I, meme. I, I, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it so much, but um, money printer go burr meme. And uh, <laughs> like a lot of that in just like that narrative in particular of, you know, we're just going to print our way out of it and we don't care what what happens. We're just going to print money, print money, print money and worry about it later. Logically speaking, that should be super bullish for Bitcoin. But, um, you know, when you looked at like asset classes across the board, when the sell-off really started to kind of accelerate, like Bitcoin sold off much harder than basically everybody else. And it's, it's funny because, you know, even gold sold off, but it's kind of recovered Mm -hmm. and and Bitcoin's obviously recovered a little bit, but like even treasuries are down pretty substantially. Like everybody basically sold out to cash and it's like, they're just printing more cash, printing more cash, but like cash is where everybody wanted to be and kind of still wants to be. So it's, it's going to be, it'll be fun to not necessarily fun, but um, you would, you would hope that some of the narrative around Bitcoin in particular would at least like catch on around um, being, being a hedge against mm-hmm. some of this, which is basically a huge experiment from the fed and from, you know, these other financial financial players, um, you know, kind of, this is like unprecedented action. We've never seen this, this whole scenario, like everybody's trying to figure out this whole scenario. Nobody really, whether it's small businesses, whether it's the Fed, whether it's healthcare, like nobody knows what the hell they're doing for the most part. They're just trying to figure it out in the fly. And the stability of kind of how Bitcoin potentially works on the financial end will hopefully be some type of, of hedge against anything crazy that happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be concerned if, you know, if it was just Bitcoin crashing and everything else was kind of status quo, you know, and things like that. But since everything is going down, I think, like you said, it's just, everyone is going to cash. Everyone is, is getting, trying to find safety. And right now that happens to be cash. Um, So I think it's going to be more about, Hey, okay, what once the once things level out a bit and the volatility simmers down um, in the more traditional markets you know what's going to recover the fastest mm. what's going to where are the dollars going to go when it's time to put money back into the system where yep. people are going to put that money
0: and i mean i first of all i don't think timing is I, i'm not one of those i'm not one of those people there's like you see some people online and on twitter that are like I hope the whole world burns to hell and like Bitcoin pumps. Like I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I have a lot of money neither. in cash. Um, like I have money in the traditional stock market. I want, I don't want people to lose their jobs. I, don't I have a recession. 401k. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> but the timing of this situation, and like I said, there's, I don't think there's ever good timing for something like this to happen. I don't, don't ever, hopefully we never see it. We get this shit solved and we never have to see a global pandemic again in our lifetimes, who knows? But, but I, I have no idea. But the timing for this, as far as like Bitcoin is concerned, maybe couldn't be better with the halving coming up. And I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, would talk about the the kind of the timing on the halving and whether there's a pump going into the halving or traditionally, whether that's following the halving or whatever it might be. Um, but just that the, it's so close to the halving now, and you're going to see that supply shock from the block reduction it's it's gonna be interesting to watch all this pan out and and if a lot of the narratives tend to come true or not um, so I'm kind of excited to see how Bitcoin plays out mm-hmm. the one thing I think is is kind of interesting too because you know people tend to I think for a lot of folks that are watching or listening maybe you work in the industry maybe you don't probably the majority of people don't work in the industry um, you probably have like questions about like are are people actually are our companies actually going to have success? Our companies going to be able to make it through this? And and what Colton and I are seeing, I mean, at least for the time being, is it's pretty much business as usual, if not business is is better than usual for some of these companies. I got mm-hmm. off the phone today with a the company. Uh, they're a fiat to crypto on ramp. They're one of our clients. Their volume is up two x since um, over the past two months, kind of since all the shutdown started, which means the revenue is up two x. Um, and the crypto industry as a whole is kind of in a, in a unique position to, to deal with this versus other, other industries, I think. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think it, like you said, a lot of these companies, they're, they're already working remote. They've got dispersed teams, whether that's nationally or globally. Um, they didn't have to make, huge transitions um, when things started to slow down traditional markets and the coronavirus kind of um, shocked the whole world and and global supply chains and everything um, so you know and i talk to a lot of. i'm more on the candidate side um, i've spoken with you know 50 60 different uh, people inside and out of the industry in the last um, couple of weeks and 99 percent of them haven't mentioned Price drops, they haven't mentioned, you know, or, you know, what do you think of the space? You know, is it, um, you know, is Bitcoin going to go to zero? Like, none of these questions are coming across. They're all like, hey, uh, you know, what opportunities are you working on? You know, um, they're interested in moving forward. Uh, it's all about the opportunities that are out there. It's pretty encouraging to see from the candidate side, like these people are motivated to, and they're hungry. And I think there's a lot of great opportunity out there and a lot of great people looking for those opportunities
0: yeah and when you think too about just the industry at large um obviously like bitcoin is is peer-to-peer digital currency basically everything else i mean it's it's the whole industry was built to to kind of be like the the anti-fiat the anti-cash digital cash basically um and when you also think about the companies that have built technology in the industry too i think a key consideration to think about is so many of these companies have been founded in the past like five years the oldest, probably some of the most mature companies in the industry were maybe created in 2013, 2014, for the most part. Like most companies are 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 type timeframe. And the benefit to that is these companies also have very young technology stacks when it comes to whatever they're developing their product on, but also from from like a work standpoint. It's, it's interesting because you hear these stories and I have friends that work in traditional finance and with traditional types of firms, it could be uh, in different, uh, you know, different organizations as well within anywhere, just kind of in New York, but you have friends that had to go into to the office to get, you know, software downloaded on their laptop before they could work from home or anything like that. A lot of the companies in the industry, it's like, okay, you know, you have Slack on your laptop, you have Zoom, uh, you're good to, you know, you have whatever else you might need, you're good to go. You don't need to have this big, fancy process. You don't need some, middle level manager to come in and approve you to work from home or have some kind of whole process set. so I think there's been a relatively seamless transition for a lot of these companies to to make that move because of the uh, just the the fresh age of the industry. it's not like you work at a, a a large bank or financial institution that still has you know twenty year old tech that you need to work from home or anything like that.
1: yeah, I think this is gonna kickstart a movement to to working from home becoming much more common across um, all industries. I think there are some pretty cool companies out there that help um, help people and companies get set up, whether it be stand-up desks, dual monitors, uh, standing pads. Shout out, Rob. Thanks for getting me one of those. <laughs> um, but there's all sorts of things that make it more comfortable. And I think people are starting to realize, like, hey, you know, in preparation for things like this and just to make our employees um, more flexible and give them more flexibility around their their daily lives uh, and their kids or their pets or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think there's definitely going to be a movement uh, toward a more work from home friendly environment for a lot of these companies.
0: yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I think it's it's not for everybody, but it's it's great to have the optionality. And it's like we were talking before because you used to work primarily in an office um, with bats and I've been working from home at least for the past like year or so. Uh, so I've gotten And I've, I've done it previously when I was at Oracle, I worked from home probably 80% of the time. So I've gotten somewhat familiar with like the good parts and the bad parts. And it it can be great because you can, you can go to the gym when you want and you can work when you're most productive. If you're most productive at six in the morning and you want to wake up early and get some work done and then maybe take a longer lunch or relax or whatever it might be, those types of things. I, I mean, they're, they're great benefits to working from home. However, now uh, those benefits are kind of out the window. That's, it's the most depressing thing to not be able to go to the gym or to, you know, a lot of the aspects around that. Uh, And a lot of the good parts about working from home are now gone. You can't just, you know, take a stroll to the cafe, bring your laptop and get some some fresh air and kind of, you know, see some human beings, you're kind of stuck. But long-term, I think once this situation gets figured out because these companies have to implement these policies, and because a lot of people are getting used to this uh, you know, used to this experience, again, I think some people love it. I think some people are okay. Some people hate it or like, get me back to an office. Mm-hmm. Having the optionality, I think is the best part. Like if you want to work from home, great. If you want to maybe have like a we work uh, or if there's a, you know a company office with hot desks, great. like it's just to me, it's all about optionality, really, just in life in general.
1: yeah, yeah, I think uh, people are are learning a lesson there for sure and just kind of what works best for them, figuring it out on the fly. Like I, I, um, my wife and I, we, we form our days around, around our kiddo, you know, I mean, that's, that's how it works for us. So, you know, for me getting up early, before he wakes up, getting in some, some work, clearing my inbox, sourcing, like that's, that's my jam. And, uh, some people are more productive in the evenings. Like you said, optionality uh, is
0: everything. Yeah. And I mean, for, for like looking forward at this point in time to, you know, it's, it's crazy times. I think they're unprecedented at times for, for us in particular, um, you, know, you never know what's going to happen in the industry. Um, a lot of it too, like, like we talked about before, I think the industry is generally relatively protected from some of the outside pressure, um, and hopefully relatively sheltered from, from like the overall economic downturn that I really, truly hope will be short, um, and, and not um, anything that, uh, you know, won't, won't be solved relatively quickly. Hopefully with, um, just, I don't, I, I don't really want to get into all that kind of health, yeah. health, healthcare aspects of it. Um, but hopefully this, this situation will be revol- resolved, like relatively speaking globally, um, sooner rather than later. But when I, when I look at just like the industry right now and, and kind of thinking about things. It is relatively sheltered. A lot of it does depend, and a lot of the interest can depend upon like Bitcoin as an asset. And I do think we are in a in a pretty good position to serve as that as that hedge, as that digital gold. I think gold has bounced back pretty nicely. Bitcoin has bounced back pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Seeing something with a relative relatively fixed supply, um, I think it's going to be appealing to potentially appealing to people as the narrative might build around what is happening at a, at a larger level, I guess the, the flip side to that though, too. And I was talking in like one of the telegram groups, <laughs> it's a sport telegram group that I'm in, <laughs> but it's a sport crypto. It's like our fantasy football league. Uh, but there's, there's also a big narrative now too. It's, you know, there's only so many people in the country. I think it's like 40% of people, maybe at $400 to their name, which is sad. Um, it's that's like a really unfortunate situation in, in general and for for those types of of individuals like i i don't think people might say you know bitcoin is a savior from that i i don't think that's necessarily the case at all i think that's much less and when you only have that much money to your name that's a lot less of a concern but when you start to see i don't want to say higher net worth individuals but you know maybe folks a little bit kind of higher up the ladder try to kind of put pressure on it from a bitcoin standpoint it'll be interesting to to watch it play out
1: yeah, yeah. Well said. I think there's, there's kind of two, there's a, another completely different market um, being built alongside the traditional market right now. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that. We're seeing companies building products that um, integrate with our current financial system. Some of them are completely different. Um, and they're trying to kind of uh, flip the current system on its head. I mean, there's, there's such an, an interesting balance. There's a lot of smart people Building really interesting products and businesses, um, and I think that's that's why people keep uh, the interest level around Bitcoin and about the, the industry at large. Um, it remains pretty high uh, consistently, even with the price fluctuations and the volatility. I mean, going back to talking to a lot of different candidates over the last couple of weeks, I mean, I get so many questions around. Uh, you know, it gets me it gets me excited and encouraged. You know, people are like, Hey, when are the when are the sales roles, the BD roles? You know, the uh, partnership, the strategy roles come in, you know, for, for years now, I think um, these companies that are finally, that have been building really great products um, are finding that product market fit and they're partnering with, you know, traditional companies, uh, whether that be on the payment side, the lending side, the investment side, um, whatever that might be. um, People want to get into the space. They're looking for a way to penetrate the industry, um, and it comes. I get a lot of interest from the non-technical folks out there that are have sales backgrounds, have traditional finance backgrounds, have business development backgrounds, um, and I think once once these companies um, kind of get to that level, um, we're really going to see an explosion in the market.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the key takeaways too that we could probably pass along just from our experience like mine over the past year or so Colton's over the past month is there is definitely still really, really strong interest uh, from from a candidate side of people wanting to work in the industry. Uh, But behind the scenes, people are doing some really awesome things. People are building some really, and not just building like fluffy, decentralized technology. that Like, Hey, maybe this stuff works, maybe it doesn't, but people are building things with some pretty legitimate use cases, which is great. And, you have this type of just like adoption curve in a lot of respects from, from an overall company standpoint, from an interest, you you have the, the big bull runs like 2017, 2018, where a ton of people get interested. And like, you know, let's just say you have a, for example, you have a thousand people that get interested in, in 2013. Um, and then the, you know, the market pops, the bubble bursts and you lose 700 people. There's still three hundred people that are interested. Then mm. the next year, or then in you know 2017, 2018, all of a sudden you have another big bubble and you go from three hundred people to three thousand people, and then you lose, you know, whatever it is, another another fifty percent or something like that. But then you're back at fifteen hundred people and you're you're higher than where you were before. That's kind of like the just the overall interest cycle that I think we see. And it does come in these big like cyclical boom busts. Uh, type of, of scenarios. But we're still at a point where there are still a ton of people that are building incredible stuff. There are still a ton of, of uh, you know, of, of people that are are working in the space or are, are interested in continuing to work in the space. And then even alternatively that are looking to, uh, you know, to, to break their way into it. So um, I'm still super positive about things and and looking forward to just continuing to build proof of talent to support these companies and people that that want to, you know, want to work full time in the industry.
1: Yeah, right. Um, I think uh, as time goes on, the price uh, of these assets um, will matter less, and it'll be more about uh, the companies that make up the the space, uh, you yeah. know, and the people that are uh, the leadership in those companies, that, and and that's what is going to drive the space forward, not just mm-hmm. number go up. Even though I
0: love when number goes up. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> always fun. That's uh, that's always an ideal aspect for yeah. sure. Um,
1: So also, I want to really just, you know, for for those of you out there interested in the space that that aren't sure or maybe you're on the fence, um, you know, and you're not sure if your background aligns, um, reach out to us, uh, you know, get on the phone with me, get on the phone with Rob, have a conversation around, hey, you know, this is what I've been doing. uh, This is what I'd like to do. Um, and that way, if anything uh, comes across my desk as the industry uh, grows, you know we can reach out, we can stay in touch, keep lines of communication open.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 just to provide further clarification too. I mean, as far as the the podcast and the YouTube goes, um, definitely want to make this uh, like I said, it's it's been a while since I've been here. Uh, it's been whatever it was, November was the last video in the podcast. But uh, Colton and I want to make this a weekly thing, and we want to talk about you know what's happening. Uh, in the present time within the industry, but also add a spin of you know, we're hearing this kind of behind the scenes from the companies that we're working with or the candidates that we're working with. I think we have a relatively unique perspective. Like Colton talks to 20 plus people a week that are interested in working in the industry. I get to talk to a bunch of companies that are hiring and the clients that we work with. Some of these companies have raised you know $250 million and have hundreds of employees. Some of these are 5 10 person seed level companies or bootstrapped companies. So, we have an opportunity to really get some interesting insight from a lot of people and I think we want to take that to 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 you folks that are that are watching and listening because a lot of a lot of podcasts out there, you know, can can get into some really interesting cool technical de- details on Bitcoin. A lot can talk about, you know, the top 10 altcoins that are going to pump in 2020 that are probably <laughs> going to actually go down 99% and make you broke. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But I don't think there's that there's necessarily anybody that, that is running a, a services business kind of supporting companies in the industry right now that can kind of talk coherently about what's going on. So we want to just do that to continually talk with you guys, hang out on a consistent basis and make sure we're providing more content. And then, you know, from that end to like Colton said, if you ever want to, to reach out to us, if you're, if you're interested in, it, in an opportunity in the crypto world, we work really exclusively on permanent, full-time job opportunities, so they're all salaried positions with the clients that we have. Um, or if you're a company that's hiring, always feel free to reach out. You know, we work with 20 plus different companies throughout the world um, in in crypto to help them uh, hire talent. So, uh, you know, awesome to be back. I'm I'm pumped to be making content again. I'm also pumped to not just be. Talking to myself the entire time because as much <laughs> as I love to look at my own face and I love the sound of my own voice, uh, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody else too.
1: Yeah, now you're stuck with my ugly mug, so uh, it works.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, Colton, I appreciate you joining the podcast. Welcome to uh, our our recurring. Uh, welcome to our recurring guest. As as part of my take as to to all my award-winning listeners out there would, would know we have a new recurring guest in the podcast, <laughs> a.k.a. a new co-host. Um, but yeah, you know, if you guys enjoyed this episode, you watched on YouTube or listening on the podcast, uh, definitely let let us know. Uh, sound off in the comments. Uh, and if you want to follow Colton on Twitter, definitely, uh, definitely make sure to do that. I'll have all his info uh, below in the YouTube and podcast description. I would love feedback, whether that's on YouTube, whether it's on Twitter, wherever it might be but awesome to see you guys again. Glad to be back. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there.